is a day of good things, and I'm not going to talk for long. That's another really good thing. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, we as Christians celebrate Jesus' birth. So 2,000 years ago, he came as a little baby. Who's, who's ever given birth? Anyone? Does it hurt? Oh, yes. <laughs> it's the worst. Thank you, Damien. He knows. It's the worst. <laughs> it's the worst and the best time. But Jesus came out. He was a baby. Um, and he just lived like everyone else, which is absolutely unbelievable. As a Christian, to, to know that the God that we worship lived as a human. He probably had nappy rash and got gastro and all those teething. He had those horrible big molars. He knows what it's... He, he went through puberty. We won't dwell on that. Um, but then one day, 30 years later, he grew up, obviously... And I want to just talk about a passage. It's in, it's in Luke chapter 4. You can have a look at it later. But one day, a whole heap of stuff has happened. And, and what Jesus does is he walks into the local synagogue, which is like a church. And he'd done that, he had done this all the time. The Bible says this, as was his habit. And they handed him a scroll. They didn't have Bibles back then. They had these scrolly, scrolly things. And the, the Bible says that he opened it and he read from the following passage, which Emma's going to put up on the screen, Isaiah 61. And it says this, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me, for the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted and to proclaim that captives will be released and prisoners will be freed. He has sent me to tell those who mourn that the time of the Lord's favour has come. And then Jesus sat down and the Bible says that all eyes were on him. And I guarantee you that that congregation was not different than this one. And when the speaker reads the passage, not all the eyes are always on them. Like it's like, okay, what's on my phone? But the, but the Bible, although they didn't have mobiles back then, but I'm sure, I don't know, pick their toenail or, no, not their toenail. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, <clears throat> the Bible says that all eyes were on him. They were mesmerized. And so Jesus says to them, today this scripture has been fulfilled. Basically, he told them that he was the Messiah. He was the, promised, he was the promised one. And they were amazed. They went, wow, isn't this just Joseph's, um, Joseph's son? Who is he? And so, obviously, Jesus took the moment and he just started talking and challenging them and saying a whole heap of stuff which I'm not going to go into. But at the end of that, Everyone is so angry at him that they grab him and they herd him to the edge of a cliff and they're about to throw him off. And a miracle happens and he just slips through the midst. What on earth did Jesus say that got them so angry? You know, they had heard that scripture countless times. In the Jewish religion, they would read and this was a... a a popular scripture, they would have read that so many times. But what did he say that made them so angry 
that he would that they were going to kill him. You know, in the Jew in the Jewish religion, it was common, well, not common, but that's what happened. If you blasphemed or if you did the horrible sins that they thought were really bad, you were stoned. So in that religion, it was harsh. And they killed people who, were, who dishonored God. So maybe they obviously, this, whatever he had done, fitted into that. Those people didn't want to believe that Jesus was the answer. I believe that the thing that got them so upset was he challenged their belief. He challenged them because they didn't accept that he was the Messiah, that he was the answer. And he pushed it and challenged them and they got so angry they tried to kill him. They, re- they reacted in anger. You know, the disciples, they believed Jesus. Obviously, they, f- they followed him around for three years. They believed him. But I don't think they really got exactly what he was trying to say. You know, historians and, and if, you, if you, you read commentaries and that, it tells you that the disciples thought that Jesus was going to come and he was going to overthrow Roman rule. It was a harsh time back then. Even the religious leaders were harsh. And they believed that the Messiah had come. Things were going to change. He was going to destroy the control, the cruel, torturous life that that was led. He was going to get rid of poverty. He was going to get rid of all sickness. He was going to set people free. And if you read this scripture, it looks like it. You know, he's going to release the captives. Powerful words. But the disciples thought he was going to do it. A certain, he was going to destroy everything back then and set them all free. And we know what happened. Jesus let himself be murdered. He let himself be crucified. They were probably devastated. Well, they were. They were devastated. But then Jesus rose from the dead and it was so amazing And I guarantee you they all thought, ah, now he's going to overthrow the Romans. Now he's going to do it because he's he's eternal. He's resurrected. He's going to kill them. He's going to set us free. No more sickness or pain or, or cruelty or oppression. But then what does Jesus do? He ascends into heaven. And they stand there going, oh my goodness, this isn't, right. this isn't what we thought. What are you doing? I'm still poor. My mum's still really, really sick and I'm still oppressed. They didn't understand what he was trying to do. They were disillusioned for a few days there. You know, there's Australian society and you would know this as well as I. There's a whole bunch of us that actually don't really care. A lot of uh, Australians react to the statement that Jesus is the hope of the world with disinterest. They actually don't care. They don't really need it at the moment. They don't believe. They're okay. I'm okay on my own. I'll work it out. You know, this morning I want to declare to everyone that Jesus is the hope of the world. And most of you believe that. Probably to maybe you're like the disciples. You believe it and you're still struggling with the fact that you still have hardships, that people still still um, suffer in the world. Or maybe you react to it with anger because you don't believe it. Maybe you've been hurt by God or by the church or by your perception and you're angry. 
Or maybe you're just not interested because you don't need God at the moment. Everything's fine. You can work it out on your own. You know, Jesus declared that he was the fulfillment of that scripture in Isaiah. And he was telling the truth. It may not be what you want to hear today. It may not look the way you want it to look. It may not even interest you. But I guarantee you one day it will. And when that day comes, remember that Jesus is the hope of the world. You know, the disciples, as we know, discovered that they might have got it a bit wrong. Day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came. And then from then on, the New Testament is filled with how God is the answer, how he does bring comfort, how he proclaims good news, how he sets people free, and that this is the era of the Lord's favour. You know what the Lord's favour is? It's grace. This is the age of grace. You know, I just want to share really quickly some personal stuff. Um, You know, I have the best, best life. I'm so blessed, and, and, and I'm not going to go into it all, but I have everything I could have ever hoped for. I think that just this year particularly I just stand and look at certain things in my life and just go I can't believe that my dreams have come true they didn't come true the way I thought they would but there they are just I'm so richly blessed but you know I didn't always have that Uh, I grew up as a little kid I was a stutterer and when you stutter like you guys might think, oh yeah, you just stammer over your words. But when you grow up as a stutterer, it destroys you, it cripples you. Because if you imagine how many times you talk in a, in a day, every time I would stutter, every time I would talk, every time I would talk, I would have a moment of stuttering. And if I didn't stutter, I'd be filled with apprehension that I was going to stutter And every time that that happened, either the apprehension or the actual stuttering, a sense of loathing and hatred would come on me, failure. And this is countless times a a day from the age of, I don't know, I think it's from about five years old until in my 20s I started to get on top of it. So I grew up disabled. I had a physical disability and it disabled my heart. I was poor in spirit. You know, this scripture says, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. You know, I was poor. I was poor in my mental health. I had issues there that that my stuttering left me emotionally socially and behaviorally disabled and I that is the first time I've actually admitted that that I actually couldn't do those areas properly but relationship with Jesus brought me good news you know the good news was that the things that I thought mattered didn't matter being so broken and poor emotionally meant that God could bless me. He could give me the stuff that I wouldn't have needed or wanted if I hadn't been so broken. God gave me good news. The way I coped with my inability to speak and the consequences of that 
left me bound by a myriad of paradigms, beliefs, thought processes and warped concepts. And Ben will agree with that because <laughs> they've come out. My self-esteem was crippled. I'm not exaggerating when I use these strong words. They were, it, it was exactly how it is. And I could not break myself free. And believe me, I've tried. But Jesus, over the years, one by one, I wish he'd done it. I would go out the, 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 um, I would go out the front of the church in altar calls, ask God to heal me and sort of hope, you know, zap, all healed, all normal. But God never, ever did that. But one by one, over the years, he has destroyed almost all of them. Many of them, I can't say almost all of them. I'm freer than I've ever been. And believe me, I was a prisoner. I couldn't set myself free. I was the queen of, of self-help um, programs and New Year's resolutions. But I would break every single, every single one. And probably some of you know exactly how I feel. And then I'd loathe myself because I couldn't. But the scripture says that he proclaims freedom for the, uh, for the captives. He set me completely free. You know, the scripture says also, um, where is it? The morning. Oh, it's the next one. The next scripture. Thank you, Emma. It says to comfort all who mourn. You know, mourning is something that you can't sort of take away. You mourn because something really bad has happened. And you can't take away the pain of that. But you know, um, we live in the day of grace. So man, no matter what pain you're going through, God's favour is here. God's favour brings a peace that cannot be logically explained. It brings hope for the future. It brings direction and guidance. It brings a sense of belonging and a knowledge of being loved. This scripture is so powerful because it says to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy for mourning and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. Maybe this morning you are mourning. Maybe there's a sadness in your life that no, no amount of comfort can necessarily help. But God says that he will take your sadness and give you joy. I don't know how he does it, but he does. And it's happened to me over and over again. You know, one of the consequences of the years of stuttering is I feel like I have a weak heart emotionally. If I see sadness and suffering in the world, it can easily become a crushing pain in my heart that threatens to send me back to those years of depression and disillusionment. And I'm not the only one who battles. If I see like a, a video of a dog that's, that's been hurt or a child that's being abused or even just walking through the supermarket and you see a parent yelling at their kid, it threat the pain threatens to just drag me way back to the hopeless depression. And some of you are probably exactly the same. 
But you know, God has, he tells me if I choose to listen to him, that he is in control and that he's got it all worked out. His love and his peace and his favour is incredible. Time and time again, no matter how bleak it gets, and sometimes it's just so heavy. But if I turn to God, if I look at him, he reminds me that he has the answers, that he is in control, that maybe he's not doing it the way I want him to. But if I look at him, it's okay. It brings joy and peace. You know, I'm not sure where you're at today in your relationship with God, whether you are angry, whether you're disillusioned, or whether you just think you don't really need him. I want to tell you that if you allow Jesus, can go back to the other scripture now, to be your hope, every single issue that you are facing, and I know there are people in this congregation that are confronting difficult issues at Christmas and it's hard everyone's happy but you've got this pain or this circumstance that is not easy I want to tell you from personal experience and my battle might not be as big as someone else's but it was massive for me and it was overwhelming I thought I would was drowning and bound it was just horrible But if God can set me free and bring me into the freedom and the blessing that I have, he will do exactly the same for you. And he probably has for heaps of you. So no matter what situation you are facing this morning, I want to tell you that this little baby that was born 2,000 years ago is the fulfillment of that prophecy, that he is the hope to the hopeless. He is the message of good news to the poor. He is comfort to confusion and brokenness. He is the warrior that breaks captives completely out of their prison. And he is the one that turns sadness and mourning into peace and joy. God is just so incredible. Just when you think, you, oh yeah, I know God, I discover there's like a chasm of more It's like you get this little glimpse. It's like a little facet on a diamond. And you think, yeah, God's awesome. And then you discover there's another massive area that is just unbelievable, full of blessing and love and joy. I want us to end on a song. We sang it at the carols, if the musos get up. And I want you, it just goes for a few minutes. A few minutes and I just want you in that moment to just look to God again and to allow him to just speak to you and to encourage you and to turn to him and believe that he is the hope for whatever situation you are in this morning.